Hey everyone, this is your girl Jessica. And it's your girl Peggy. And you're now listening to Uncomfortable Uncomfortable Growth Podcast. What's up everyone? Um, Damn. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Anyways, how's everyone doing? Hope everyone had an amazing weekend. I hope everyone's feeling good, feeling great. Um, I am doing okay. I'm doing good. Uh, I had a very interesting weekend. Um, I know Peggy had a really fun weekend. Very relaxing weekend, actually. What did you do? Um, so this weekend since Thursday, I left, came back yesterday, uh, went to the Cape with my friend. Um, we spent a few days out there, finally got to Provincetown. I, I mean, some people may not pay attention to it, but I think it was very cool to actually see, like, there's a certain point when, right before you enter Provincetown, it's like a mini hill when you're mm-hmm. on this, like, two-lane highway. You can actually see the tip of Massachusetts. I don't know. Maybe I was being Super extra. Because I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like, Provincetown is literally at the tip. Like, very tip of Massachusetts. Uh, so, it's pretty cool to see that. Because you always see it on the map or when the weatherman is talking about, oh, mm-hmm. it's supposed to rain over here. Like, you see it. But to actually visually, actually see it in front of your face, I thought that was pretty cool. So it was kind of cool to get away from Boston for a little bit. Um, still managed to do my homework because I'm trying to finish this master's program. Almost. Almost right done. A few more weeks, guys. I'll be done. And then came back um, yesterday, Sunday. Went to this um, little small get-together uh, with the boo, one of his friends' birthday or whatever. But um, it was pretty much a relaxing weekend. Can't really complain. And then this weekend, I'm actually booked. And busy. <laughs> not super busy, but booked to make patties for someone's um, um, event. I guess uh, their parent or father, whoever is retiring, they had requested me to make patties for them. So that's what I'll be doing. But, All weekend? Oh no, just Saturday. Okay. So it's like half of my weekend, but it won't take won't take long. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much my weekend. How was yours? Um. It was interesting. So I always lie in the beginning of every episode and I say, I'm not doing anything this weekend. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then middle of the week, someone tells me, hey, you want to go out and do this? And then, of course, I say yes. I don't know how to say no. Mm-hmm. And um, so my cousin and I used to see this lady. I don't know her official title, I don't know if she's considered like a spiritualist, astrologist. Like, I don't know what her official title is, but she is literally on point every time I see her. I see her probably every two years. Um, so I went to see her on Saturday. She gave me a lot of perspective. Whatever energy you bring when you see her is the energy she picks up on. Like, immediately. You don't have to say anything to her. Like, she just starts flipping cards and she's like, okay, this, this, and this. And it's like on point so she pretty much detangled my life and let me know gave me some perspectives on things that I need to look out for and what I need to do going forward and answer some questions that I had like doubts about Mm -hmm. so it was it was amazing honestly but it definitely put me in a headspace that I wasn't ready for so Sunday I pretty much did nothing (laughs) and then I had to take Monday off, so here we you are. Did your, you did your deep cleaning? I did my deep cleaning late yesterday, 
And then whatever was left over that I had to do, I did today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was, it was a lot, mm-hmm. but it was good. And I'm excited that I finally got in contact with her. She wasn't taking anybody for like months because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But anyways, here we are. What are we talking about today? Well, today on this episode, it's going to be about expectations versus reality of being 30. Mm-hmm. And you and I are definitely in the 30 club. I'm yeah, halfway through. Halfway. Almost halfway there. Halfway <laughs> in the middle of our 30s mm-hmm. um so I, I actually am excited for this episode because there's a lot of shit that i thought your 30s supposed to be like especially from a woman's what it was perspective supposed to look like what yeah. it's supposed to look like especially from a woman's perspective um i don't know i mean no male or man has commented or dm'd us of their expectation and i know men's expectations are a little bit slightly different from ours mm-hmm. when turning 30 i think significantly different oh definitely um so i that's what we're gonna discuss today so I, i'm really excited about it because mm-hmm. there's so much and i hope we can get it all we can capture it in an hour um but if longer than it is what it is yep okay? Okay, so I remember I was putting I put some thought into this because I was like, okay, what 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 did I what did I perceive thirty to be, right? And I was thinking back to when I was turning twenty five and I legitimately had anxiety. I'm mm, like, bitch, you about to be thirty in like five years? It's over. You don't got your shit together. Mm-hmm. So I spent pretty much twenty five, twenty six, and maybe even twenty seven, kind of like struggling. Like, okay, Jessica, you only have these many years left what are you gonna do how are you gonna make 30 look like this is the time to make the 30 the way you want it to look right Mm -hmm. the few years prior and when i fucking tell you my life was in shambles my life was a fucking joke around that time and so um i literally what i perceived 30 to be was like owning a home possibly kids and i'll get onto the kids thing in a little (laughs) bit Um, I don't know if married was ever, like, a thing in my head, but definitely, like, in a stable relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of that shit happened. Not then one of them shits happened. <laughs> um, mine was similar to yours. Like, so I had turned 25 and I was still an undergrad, but my last year... And even then, because I had changed my major, I failed a couple of classes, whatever, cried, got over it. I'll tell you guys something. College, I don't know about you guys, but college has taught, I don't, college has taught me how to fail a class or fail a test and move on with my life. Don't, <laughs> don't even linger. Don't waste your time. It's just, oh, I failed it. All right, moving right along. There's nothing yeah. I can do about it. You're not going to beg a professor to, to make you retake a test. Um, so that, and usually it's like, it's a hard reality. I think most of my high school students, um, when they about to enter college, it's like, listen, college is going to teach you, you're going to fail a course, you're going to fail a class and go about your day. I have one about my day so many times as an undergrad. On to the next class. On to the next class. Let's see if I fail that one too. So it's my senior year. I'm about to graduate. It's my last year. And I remember, um, I came from the registrar. I had gotten a refund check from school, and I'm like, "Yes, this is lit." And I'm walking as I'm walking towards my dorm. I realized I had already turned 25, and I'm like, "Oh shit, Peggy, five years, you're gonna be 30." You know, in my head, I'm thinking, "It's you realizing exactly where you were." Yes. 
Because I don't remember where I was, but I definitely remember, like, the panic. So, it's crazy. Like, I have this weird thing where sometimes where I'm having a conversation with a friend or, or something's happening to me at that moment. And I'll literally say to me, to myself, five to ten years from now, you're going to think about the exact same moment when you thought about this thought when you're in that moment. And literally, from time to time, and now I'm 34 now, and next month I'll be 35. And that was 10 years ago. Literally almost 10 years ago mm-hmm. when I thought about this about being 30 and what 30 is supposed to look like, my expectations, like Ooh. like you said, buying a home, um, being in a stable relationship, if not already married with a kid or two, yeah. you know? And making tons of money in my career and all that, like, oh, in my the, career. And the career thing is a fucking joke. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, first the fuck off, some people don't even establish themselves until well into their 30s. But that's besides the point. I do want to, and I don't mean to cut you off again. <laughs> yes, I cut her off. But I want to talk about why women always envision their adult life as a parent, as a mother, and as a... a I guess feeling established by being married or being in a stable relationship, Mm -hmm. having children Mm -hmm. and having a home. Mm -hmm. Those are like so ingrained in us, Mm -hmm. especially in my culture. I to this day get backlash for being my age, being single. Haitians are kids. And not having kids. My dad, thank God, because he is very much old fashioned and his mother was the same way. God rest her soul. But um, she used to get on me all the time. Like, Jessica, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you having kids? Why aren't you having kids? And I'm just like, that's not what I want. I did struggle a lot with whether I wanted kids because I wanted it or because people made me feel like I was losing out or missing out on something. Hmm. I was like, do I really want kids? Because everyone says like, oh, my God, kids are amazing when it's your kids, blah, blah, blah. And I was always like, I don't know if I want kids. And I used to say this to myself all the time. But then, of course, people that do have kids and I, I understand why they did it. But I feel like. We need to stop doing that. When a woman says this is not what she wants for her life, don't tell her she's missing out and she should just try. Because what if she has that motherfucking kid and now she regrets that fucking kid? Or she's resenting that kid? Listen. I am not here to produce children if I don't want to produce children. So, adding on to what you said, I think it's like for centuries that the role of a woman is to obviously get married, produce, right? And then mm-hmm. eventually later and on... hold down you, the house. Hold down the house, you die, right? That's the cycle of life. You, you don't live forever. We know that the moment... Our purpose of living was the moment you are born, you're already setting up the stage to eventually die one day. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to be gory, guys, but it's reality. And also, almost being 30 made me be more in tune with life, noticing, realizing that I'm not living... I'm not going to be here forever. And yeah. realizing that also in my 30s, as I'm getting older... Our parents are getting older. For those of you who still have the benefit of having your parents around or even your grandparents, we're so, we tend to re- forget, like, we, we, we want to get older. Because, you know, at eight, when we were young, we were like, oh, I can't wait to be 18. I can't wait to be 21. But now realizing, as I'm rushing to get older, my parents are getting older. So, like, even looking at my parents now and looking at how they look, used to look like when I was a child mm-hmm. and seeing them in my own eyes, it's like, hmm, now I actually realize they're getting older. But back to what you were saying, um, it's ingrained in our society for centuries that that's our role, right? And then as we start to drift away from the 50s and 60s and women starting mm-hmm. to get jobs, hold down the fort, yeah. more established. We realize now in society... More educated. More educated, a lot of college degrees. <clears throat> oh, now in the 21st century, owning all these types of businesses, all these different streams of income. And that's mm-hmm. why, like, especially with black women, I really love to see us do all these things, right? And 
the other thing too is like we can't really live off of one income no. like we used to back in the day. Like you need a two. As a single person, you can't yes. even live off of one income. No. And never mind bringing a child into that so, equation. Exactly. So I would want to add from my perspective, like what I what I've learned to appreciate more, and and like you said, I want to say like your thirties, especially for women, um, is that. Like you said, one, you don't know if that woman is capable of having kids. We don't know if since her teenage I, I years. I didn't say that. I no, but no, no, no. I didn't know if the capability. Like that is the, that is another thing, though. Yes. Um, people need to realize a lot of women can't reproduce mm-hmm. like the, the next girl next to her. Right. So when you bring up, why don't you have kids? Why don't you have kids? That's triggering as fuck. Mm hmm. And that, too. So you don't know since her teenage years, if her doctor said you may never be able to have yeah. children. We don't mm-hmm. know that. Right. Some women may have miscarried multiple Health times issues, and they're yeah. like, no, I'm just going to leave it. I'm not even going to attempt me and my partner have decided we're not even going to attempt. Maybe they mm-hmm. might want to adopt. So I hate the feeling of in tw- in the 21st century, in 2021, still some people the old school mindset. of Yes. Like, why aren't you having kids? The whole concept of me being on this earth is just to reproduce. I, I get it from the religious standpoint. Oh, multiply be fruitful all that but some women do not want that even from we're overpopulated anyways yes there's more women on the planet than there are males so like leave me alone so it's like i as a woman my sole purpose isn't just to have children yes me personally i do want to have kids one day i do want to get married and i have settled not settled i have become starting to i started to accept the fact that one once before I turned 30 I realized I didn't want to settle for anything that's why mm-hmm. right before I had turned 30 I had broken up with an ex I felt like we weren't progressing we weren't doing anything mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be married to that person or eventually marry that person just to say I'm married mm-hmm. just to say oh we're, we're in a relationship I'm married I have the ring and then be miserable as fuck at home and I didn't want to deal with that so I you know it broke my heart, but I had to let that person go because one, they weren't doing what they were supposed to do for me in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I was con- consistently cheating. You're well aware of who I'm talking about. Consistently cheating, I had to let that person go. But I realized, hmm, most of my 30s, yes, I was dating here and there, but I took, I'll say the last two to three years really focusing on myself, realizing my self-worth. I'm not perfect. I'm still working on that. Um, realizing the, the things that I like, dislike, um, working, focusing more on my businesses, focusing on my teaching career. I did not become a teacher until I was 28. Usually standard teacher age is around 21, 22, right? Yeah. That's super young. I started at 28, um, a little bit later on, um, for my age group. Like I started at 28. I'm just now finishing my master's. That's why I tell people there's no exact precise age where you're supposed to do things and finish things we already know what a lot of these famous actors and actresses a lot of them didn't get their big hit until late 30s going into their 40s mm-hmm. so this whole concept yes go that? ahead okay, yeah. because she brought up this whole like timeline that people put that society puts on women i mm-hmm. think women especially yes i don't men please tell me if there's a timeline for you guys because i don't see it i don't know it but for as far as women are concerned there's a timeline Mm -hmm. um and it's extremely unfair because every woman is not one and the same right Mm -hmm. but i remember when i was talking to the and i don't know if she's an astrologer i don't know her proper like title Mm -hmm. but i told her that i used to struggle i used to envy people who knew what they wanted in life and literally was just like laser focused tunnel vision knew exactly what a through z right mm-hmm. and i'm over here like i don't know if i want to do this for the rest of my life i don't want to know if i do i don't want to know if i i don't i don't know if i want to do this for the rest of my life i was always like this sounds interesting let me try it tried it it was cool for a little bit and now i'm bored mm-hmm. right 
And I used to be like, I used to be embarrassed because I was never like, people would ask me the question like, oh, tell me about yourself. I fucking hate that question. Because how am I supposed to summarize and make something? I'm so complex. I can't give you three sentences of about myself. Like, that's just not going to. And then if I'm telling you surface level shit, you're really not going to know me. Mm-hmm. You're going to have this misconception of who I am because I'm giving you surface level shit. So when I told her that I was struggling with people, like with my identity as far as who I am and what I want in life, she's like, you're a woman who reinvents herself and that's okay. She's like, it, she's like, it must suck to live a life where you know what you want and you just go straight for it. You have no mystery in your life, right? You have no like excitement. There's no adventure because you're just like, I know what to do A through Z. So I'm just going to follow A through Z. And you just go through life A through Z. And then there's me who is like, okay, I tried this. I liked it for a little bit. Now I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to that term that I am a woman who reinvents herself. So me settling down and having children and all, it's not for me. It's not, it's not for, my, for my personality. It's not for the woman that I am. Um, and I'm grateful that I waited until I came to this term, right? Because in my 20s, I was very... Um, I was easily influenced by my family. Like, I was like, maybe I do want kids. Or like, yeah, maybe I do want that. Or maybe I do want marriage. Because it just seemed like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like that's what I was supposed to do. But I kept resisting that. I kept resisting that life for myself. And now that I'm in my 30s, with the confidence that I have, and ain't nobody gonna fucking tell me that I need to be married or I need to have kids because I know for a fact that's not what the fuck I want. So to add on to that, and that's another thing too, and this is a whole another topic within itself, is like society wanting people to have kids, but most of the people that are having kids can't even fucking afford to take care of these kids, and these are kids oh, who oh my lord, just popping them out, popping them out, right? And this whole concept <laughs> yeah, pop, of pop, pop, pop. oh, you come from a two parent household. Listen, this whole idea that the two parent household is perfection is really not because some kids it's and, more traumatic. It's more traumatic for them. And as an educator dealing with students who come from a two parent household, they're dealing with traumas. Even though they're in a two-parent household. So the two-parent household doesn't always necessarily mean, oh, perfect. Yeah, we get it. We don't want single parents. But some single parents, their single parents do for one parent probably got sick and passed away. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some parents, one of the parents are in prison or whatever the case may be. And one of them decided they didn't want to be a part of that child's life or the mother's life. And it's unfortunate, right? Vice versa. But there's so many kids in the foster care system that are looking for homes. Stop bothering me to have one because there's plenty, <laughs> plenty that are need of loving homes. So don't... If you want to bo- babysit, go be a foster parent. You know, like, you know, adopt a child or something. Don't worry about what to do with my daggone uterus and ovaries. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what I'm doing with them. Like, worry about yours. Like, so my thing is, it's this pressure to put on women like, oh, we're missing out on having a child if I choose to not have a child. The first, the thing people fail to realize, having a child, yes, you need to be financially not, you're not always going to be ready. And I've I've accepted that, that you will never always be ready for a child. Mm Because when the kid fucking comes, they don't come with a manual. So there's things you're literally, having children, you're literally learning on the fly they're their own individual person and people with multiple kids can even confirm this and say like they thought they had it down packed with their first child like all right, we know what to do we know how to prepare for that that second one straight kibosh that whole idea of how to parent because that second one's going to try you that second one's going to be the opposite of your first child and it's guaranteed so there's never going to be time no matter how many kids you have whether you have one or four that 
you're going to use the same manual that you used for the first one on the fourth one. It's just not. You're going to continuously try to figure out the parenting. Exactly. And that's my thing. It's like, there's no manual that comes with them, right? So you're learning on the fly. And for you to come to me and say, when are you going to have one? Wait, what? Like, I don't. One, they need emotional support. Kids mm-hmm. can be emotionally draining. And they get to a certain age, they become fucking assholes. I'm going to be honest. I deal with high school students. Some of them are assholes. Some of them that step in my classroom, I love them. But they, in my head, I'm like, yo, this kid really said it, that comment was not, that was uncalled for. Like, what the fuck? And even toddlers. I've seen toddlers act up. I'm like, oh, that kid is a straight up asshole. Yeah. And they have no filter. You have to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, once you have a child the thing that we have to also understand and i saw this somewhere years ago this is like years ago um this woman has said i came into this world knowing my mother knowing my parents all their lives that's like all my life i know my parents but my parents spent a good chunk of their life without me Mm -hmm. so it's like when you do end up losing that parent you know some people they never you'll never get over losing a parent because that's all you know all your life your parents spent like for me right now i'm 34 i don't have children so a good 34 years of my life i don't i didn't have kids so i'm content knowing that a good chunk of my life i didn't have them when they if i do have a child and they enter into my space i'm all they'll ever know till the day i leave this earth because mm-hmm. they come out of the womb it's mom and dad right then and there um so the thing with being 30 and what I really love about being in my 30s is, like, I can actually look back and realize the dumb shit I did in my 20s. That's why I'm like, yo, I cannot be 35 plus still tolerating the shit I was tolerating in my 20s because that's the time for that. Mm-hmm. And now with the addition of social media, with this false perception of what our lifestyles are supposed to be mm-hmm. in the 30s. So if I see you get this nice apartment and I'm living in a house and I still have an issue with the fact, yo, her apartment looks mad nice. Like, how'd she get that? Or, mm-hmm. um, um, seeing you start from the ground up with your your whatever it is that you're doing but not realizing or thinking of the work that was put in the mental work the, the nights you probably cried over this shit yeah. you're not gonna post that and people never post Bitch, their bullshit when my rent came out of my account I was like lord I don't wanna do this no more <laughs> listen people don't understand a lot of people are, 90% of people if not 95% of people are not going to show you their bottom of the bar, bottom shit that they had mm-hmm. to deal with before they got to that point mm-hmm. the nitty gritty shit they had to deal with to get to the point where they are now so you in your mind you see them living in this nice mansion and they're selling you this dream oh I did it you can do it too no mm-hmm. because you don't know what the leaps and bounds this person had to do like success isn't linear it's like up and down up and down most yeah. of the time like one day like like a small business owner some days making money like orders come in like during the pandemic i was getting orders upon orders upon orders right and then it comes to a period where it slows down that's because people weren't outside people weren't outside and people getting the stimmy (laughs) that stimmy i wish that stimmy could hit again because bruh that stimmy was yo i was dead as like all up in fucking lip spot utopia like i need this i don't need shit but i was just buying it (laughs) people were ordering shit right and then it goes to a point where it's down down like the last month or two i haven't gotten an order Mm -hmm. and i've learned that some days i'm not gonna have anything and there's there's uh, a week or two where it's sporadic where i get orders upon orders like back in like may i was getting orders almost every day where i would package them and give them to my boyfriend drop off Mm -hmm. at the post office because i wouldn't have time because of work and i don't like leaving products sitting in my car and then now i'll say since the halfway end of july up until this point nothing i haven't gotten any orders i'm not stressed about that but at the end of the day it's like 
with social media, it, especially with women, we have this person what we're supposed to look like by a certain age and trust and believe. I follow Tiana Taylor and girl, I know her physique is different. She Ooh. has given birth to two children and the fact that her body snapped back like she never even gave birth or even was pregnant, that can give a false perception in yes. my mind being like, oh, my body has to look mm-hmm. like that. First of all, if you haven't been working out prior to having children, that muscle memory ain't going to work. No. That's what my trainer has been telling me. It's not going to work, right? Yeah. And you have to remember, genetics play a role. If you come from a family line where a lot of women do spread, they get bigger, and usually don't snap right back mm-hmm. or whatever, you might be prone to that unless you try to break that curse and yeah. do better, eat yeah. better, work but out that means stuff. you have to actually put work into it. Put work into I it. I feel like Tiana may have not had to work excessively to yeah. keep, maintain that physique. Um, and then if there are women that were pregnant and were huge and then they snapped back, I'm pretty sure they worked their fucking ass off to get to that point. I know for me, I struggled a lot, especially after turning 30, um, with my body changes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, like things are changing and they're not stopping. <laughs> like they just <laughs> keep changing. And I didn't know how to deal with that because the confidence I once had was kind of diminished. Um, but the beauty about turning 30 and I want to get onto that. I want to kind of, cause we kind of sidetracked. The beauty about turning 30 is you just don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I remember in my 20s, I was just, like, so concerned with how people seen me. I was concerned with the dumbest shit, right? Mm-hmm. But in my 30s, you give this I don't give a fuck attitude anymore. Like, there's still things that bother me, but I'm sure in my 40s, I'll definitely have the I don't give a fuck attitude. But in my 30s, I, I have a level of confidence because I've already hurt my feelings all my 20s. <laughs> I've already done what I needed to do uh, in my 20s, done all the damage that I needed to do, experienced all the fucking life lessons that I needed to experience um, so that in my 30s, I walk with that knowledge, that experience, that life lesson, and I apply it. I think in your 20s, you need to be fucking up. Like, you need that because in your, cause you don't want to do that shit in your 30s. Yes, fucking up in the sense I'm not saying fucking up in the sense you go commit murder. No, shit. I, because I I'm would just, hope y'all know. No, 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 no I'm just saying. I'm just saying because I've read somewhere that people fail to realize the the decisions we make from like the age of 18, even probably your early teen years, right? When you start to understand mm-hmm. better, understand right from wrong, the decisions we make 20 years ago. 15, 20 years ago affects what we do, how we move today. And people mm-hmm. fail to realize that, like, yes, you want to allow yourself to make mistakes. We're human. We do, we're not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But also keep in mind, there's certain things that happen on the fly and you're like, oh shit, I fucked up. But there's things where you made that decision, like, oh, I don't give a fuck and I do Conscious it. Conscious decisions. Conscious yeah. decisions. That's what I'm talking about. Not the ones that happen on the fly and you really wasn't expecting it to happen. It happens. Conscious decisions that you make and you don't, you're saying this mindset, oh, I don't give a fuck. And then when you're 40, 35 plus 40, you're like, oh, why is this still happening? Because the decision you made 20 years ago that you never thought yeah. that would affect, or lo and behold, it may not affect you at the moment, but if you decide to have kids, it may affect your children later on. People don't, oh, understand that like decisions we make today especially for those of you who still want to have children or having children right now decisions you make today or even 10 15 20 years ago will surely if not affect you it will affect your children and that made me realize okay i'm not perfect there's a lot of ways i don't move any i don't move the way i used to move like prime example i've never been a club person right Mm -hmm. but i've gone to the clubs for friends birthdays and events and 
partly because of COVID, too. I don't care to do clubs. I don't like it. One, I got to wear heels. My knees are not the fucking same. I don't about y'all. <laughs> I do not have Meg the Stallion knees anymore. Mine is this one right <laughs> knee that should just be clicking sometimes. <laughs> when I when I bend down to get something, I hear it pop. Like, like all this clicking and clacking noise in my knees. My hip. My hip. <laughs> if I stand up for too long, like I get a sciatica nerve. Like, it's just... <laughs> a lot but i mean at the same time i look the fuck good for my age i mean i got people who still think i'm in my 20s i'm, mm-hmm. I'm i don't take offense to it at all like people are like, oh i didn't mean to offend like uh no i'm not offended at all i'll take it whenever i can that means when i'm 40 i'm gonna look 30 exactly so you still thinking i'm 25 i'm like just add nine more years to that you know what i mean so it's that i don't care to do the clubs my my go-to thing now is just when I travel, I like to do touristy things like check a museum out, check a little other mm-hmm. things. Might do a day party. I'm a brunch person now. Honestly, let me tell you guys something. Oh my God, that's the. Wait, no, actually, I was going to say that's like a 30 thing. Like, we were doing clubs at one time, now we're doing day parties. <laughs> but I think, because my nieces do these outings too, mm-hmm. it's still in their 20s. They mm-hmm. still go out to like brunches and day parties. Mm-hmm. I don't do nine and one of them shits because I don't even like people. I want to be around y'all motherfuckers half the time. <laughs> so, Well, that's what you, but me, I will do a good day party, a nice one, and then but you like... Know, I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. But you know what it is? You just said you don't... You didn't club. So the thing with day parties though, I feel like it happens... Hear me out, guys. The club is late at night. I've caught myself dozing off at the club. That's why I said I'm not doing anymore. By 10 o'clock, even if I'm up, I'm in my bed rubbing my... Once my toes start rubbing together, my feet start rubbing together, it's, it, that's it. You can't get me to come back outside. But the day party aspect is you show up around 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you can get a little tipsy, and then 6, 7 p.m., I'm home, showered in my bed. The club thing, around 7 p.m., you're trying to figure out what you're going to wear. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't mind doing the day party, but the brunch, I love fucking brunch. And the craziest thing, I didn't know... <coughs> I didn't know. I used to think like when I first hit my 30s, I thought brunch was a new thing. But actually, it's been around because I've been reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And there's a part that she mentions that she and um, Barack were doing brunch dates. And I'm like, oh, shit. And that was in the 80s. I'm like, shit, brunch been out that long. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. But I think it became more of a thing for us once we got into our 30s. Yeah. It's like if my one of my friends said, bitch, you want to do brunch Saturday? Yes. Hell yeah. yes, I rather because I rather do brunch than getting ready late at night to go step out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, so me and Jessica will definitely go back and forth between the pluses and the minuses of being thirty. Like right now, I can honestly say I'm a little bit more stable with my money being in my thirties than I was in my twenties. My twenties, I didn't have too many bills, and the student loans didn't hit yet. Every time I got paid, it went straight towards nails, put putting gas in the car, and shopping for shit that honestly. I end up giving away because I wasn't fucking wearing it. Now it's like, I'll go to the store. I'm like, do I really see myself wearing this consistently for the next mm-hmm. two to three years? If not, I leave it alone. Yeah. I won't even waste my time swiping my car for it. Um, being able to now have a better understanding of shit that I didn't understand in my 20s, which is fine because it's like, as you get older, you're supposed to become wiser. Become, be, be better understanding of the shit that you used to do, things that you used to tolerate that you're mm-hmm. no longer tolerating, whether it's from friendships, relationships, your job. Like, right now, I love my job, but I'm quicker to call out and take <laughs> a mental day than I was before. In my 20s, I was picking up shifts. This is before I became a teacher. I was picking up shifts, doing overnights, 
doing all these random shifts that I now refuse to do. I stay in my one income tax bracket job career, I shall say. And even within my career, I didn't start off straight up teaching in my content area. I started off as a per diem sub, meaning as a per diem sub in the public school system, you don't get no benefits. You don't get nothing. You only get paid literally just for coming into work. That's it. Then I graduated up to cluster sub where I got benefits. I got paid. I got the health insurance, all that. But if there was a holiday, snow days, and vacations, like Christmas break and stuff like that, I didn't get paid for that. And definitely didn't get paid in the summer. Mm. So the idea of people think, oh, you, you guys get paid for the summer. Teachers do not get paid for the summer because we're not working. Unless you're doing summer school, you get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not get paid for the summer. You guys, um, so the teachers that do receive payment in the summer negotiate how much money is taken out during the school year. They stretch their checks yeah, out. The exactly. checks get stretched out. So <clears throat> I guess sir, I can only speak about my district. Those who know me, I'm not going to keep saying my district name on the podcast. Those of you who know me know who I work for. In a sense, like in the beginning, when I first started working, they'll make it. They made it seem like, oh, yeah, you can get paid in the summer. Like they were doing me a service. Well, mm-hmm. actuality they're literally just stretching out my check. So if I decided, if I had said, no, I only want the standard 22 paychecks because we get paid every two weeks for the year, my last check will be whatever the last week I worked Mm -hmm. before June, right? And then my checks will look bigger throughout September through June because I don't don't want the extra four checks that I would have gotten in the summer. But if you stretch it out for 26 pay period that you get the end of probably june july and august your checks throughout the school year will look a little bit smaller because they're stretching it out for you so Mm -hmm. unless you want extra pays if you sign up to do like professional developments that require stipends that we're going to give you stipends or you do something extra for the school that you work for and they give you a stipend or you decide to do summer school i did summer school last year in the middle of a panini this year i told myself i'm not doing any of that i want time for myself because actually working on the computer as a teacher was actually way more harder and more stressful than actually having the kids in front of me and me teaching them and having them right in front of me the computer screen is no joke especially for someone who wears glasses i didn't like it um so for that aspect the 30s is being able to understand like finances finances i didn't understand shit with financing. Um, I don't know if it's okay for me to tell your business, but um, Peggy uh, was smart in the sense where after college, she stayed with her family, her parents, and she's technically like the only child because she is the youngest. All her siblings are older. Um, so she had like the space and she wasn't like overcrowding or whatever. It was the most ideal situation to be in for somebody who just graduated college and had student loans, mm-hmm. right? Myself, for me, I come from a large family and space is not always a thing. (laughs) So I was ready to get the fuck out. And I remember moving out when I was 21. I moved with my friend, um, my best friend. And we did not know what the fuck we were doing. First off, we didn't even make enough money to pay the rent that we were paying. (laughs) And we still had really bad financial habits, like going out. Like, to clubs and stuff, the parties and stuff, and not, like, planning to pay rent. Thank God we had a landlord who was understanding and um, whatever. But I made some really, really poor financial decisions um, in my early 20s. I kind of even made them towards the end of my 20s. But, like, once I officially removed myself from my last relationship 
and decided I'm going to live alone and not have a roommate, <clears throat> that's when, like, finances had to be, like, mm-hmm. on point. Because I'm paying full market rent by plus myself. Utilities plus utilities. Food. Plus food. Plus entertainment. Like, the people don't factor those things in, right? So you think, oh, oh rent is only... For me at the time, it was sixteen hundred. But then I was paying gas, I was paying electric, I was paying for groceries, I was paying for my commute back to work and to and from work. And then whenever my family had like a weekend thing that I wanted to do that would eventually cost money, um, I was coming out of pocket probably three to four thousand, roughly like max three thousand dollars in bills. Bro, I don't know how the fuck I did that shit, but I did it. I did it for a year. And then I moved my sister just to kind of like pick up my savings again. And then I moved out again. It was just, it was a damn mess for the, for the most part. But I'm grateful that I experienced all those poor financial choices because it helped me now where I'm at to make better financial decisions. I'm still struggling a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's something that I guess we can throw in as like a different episode because there's a lot of things we don't know like when it comes to financial literacy that's not taught and is i the reason why i'm always going to be very clear we cannot blame our parents for everything because literally they taught us what they They only knew Mm -hmm. right so my parents the most they gave me is my dad gave me a tip like okay say for example you get a hundred dollar check make sure you put 25 or 30 dollars in your savings the rest Mm -hmm. it goes towards whatever that's the example he gave me save 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 he always said, I'm not saying save and never touch any of it because eventually we're all going to pass away, right? You're not going to take the money with you. But understanding credit, understanding like you get that daggone credit card. I <laughs> fucked up my credit. I was 21. City card was advertising MTVU, this university card. At the time, my credit score was 710. Did I know and understand the ramifications of having that bomb ass credit score at the age of 21 22 fucks no no didn't understand it at all i was just oh 710 i guess whatever um and i just went by the little bar that says oh your credit score is good it said a green light so i'm assuming i'm good mm-hmm. okay got approved for a four thousand dollar credit card what the fuck at you 21. think at 21 you what do you think i did with that <laughs> not pay the bill <laughs> man listen i eventually got a job this is when i started working at the hospital thinking Oh, yeah, I'll be able to handle it. They gave me, like, weekend shifts, 12-hour weekend shifts. I was doing good. Mind you, I'm a full-time college student. Then I couldn't handle it. Then that shit went to collections. Bruh, that collection, I think one time I was so scared to check my credit score. (laughs) I went through that. I went through that. I opened, I think it was through Credit Karma. I checked it, and that shit said 501. Bro. Now that, that that's still bad, but it wasn't that bad. I thought my credit score was saying it was gonna say three twenty two or something, <laughs> but that shit was low. What's your expectations versus reality? Yeah, so it's like <laughs> it's like wow. So by the time I was twenty seven, I kind of had an idea like, okay, credit is important yeah. if you're trying to buy a house. Like, yes, you can have all the money in the world, but your credit—that's what they yeah. look at too. That's the, that's the determination that determines whether you can even pay the mortgage. Yeah, you have all this money. But are you gonna be on? Are you gonna be paying the mortgage on time? Mm-hmm. So, um, I started to understand the concept of credit at the age of twenty-seven. I'm like, fuck! I wish I knew this a little bit better um, in my twenties. 
than now, like early 20s, I shall say, than I am now mm-hmm. damn near pushing 30. And that's why I have always personally said that we we need to push for financial literacy in yeah. the schools, especially in our public schools, because a lot of our students, they don't come from homes where the parent knows how to save properly because they live in paycheck to paycheck. That mm-hmm. check, once it comes in, is to cover the food and bills. I'm not worried about saving there $50. Is no, There's there no saving. There's, There's no, no catching up. It's literally trying to make ends meet. And I don't think that's right. And then we send these kids off to college and I don't have no problem with colleges send them off and then we make them sign up for this predatory I personally feel as though student loans are very predatory like you sign me up like when I found out my parents interest rate for their home loan for their mortgage is less than my student fucking loan how you have a rate at 3.75 but my student loans touching 12% that don't make no sense you know what I mean you're telling me go to school to get a better career. Yes. Have I made more money so far in my lifetime than I would have had with just only a high school diploma? Yes, it's mm-hmm. true. I have made more, way more money, right? But why do I have to be damn near six figures in debt just to make all that money where most of that money, even though I make it, it has to pay back Sally Man, whoever. Um, federal student loans, they'll give you grace periods till the day you die. Like you pass away, they just chop it off as money lost, right? Mm-hmm. But then private student loans don't give a fuck. You pass away today, they're going to attack your significant other, contact your parents if they're still alive, they'll contact your children because they want their money. They don't give a fuck at the end of the day. I feel like private student loans are like child support. They have to get it either way. (laughs) I literally have, they figured out ways to contact me in the past where they were emailing me, calling me. At one time, these niggas were calling my job. I'm like, bro, no. I don't know who the fuck I thought I was when I got my American Express card. (laughs) (laughs) But them motherfuckers don't play. American Express does not play. I was about to say, I still have it, thank God. I'm in good standing with them. But I remember my last job, my boss calls me like yo uh american express just called about a late payment i was like these motherfuckers got the motherfucking nerve i had to call and rash like don't i'm like if you want this payment don't fucking call my job yeah but it was really an honest mistake and that's when i learned to put that shit on auto pay and <laughs> let life takes its course because if i because I'm, I'm very forgetful so i forgot that i had to pay the bill on the fourth it was like the seventh and they called my fucking job. Like, they don't play. And I was like, oh, you're not picking up the cell phone? We're going to call your job. Like, no, y'all doing a bit much. And that's my thing is, like, paying things on time. And I've learned now to even pay them before time. Because, mm-hmm. one, that's how you kind of help boost up your credit and you not deal with it. It's in a month, but you got to be, like... Just precise. Yeah. Very precise and avoid the interest. Because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you swipe your card for $50. When the payment is due, yeah, you're going to pay the $50 plus interest. So if you're able to pay the $50 in advance, pay it in advance so you don't owe them anything. You yep. just pay the 50 and you're mm-hmm. good. But yeah, so financial literacy, understanding that you, it's okay to be alone. And that's the thing we're not taught. We're thinking like, oh, you got to find a significant other. And yeah. I thought that's what I had to do, just find a significant other so I can get married and have kids. No, I realized I'm not... I'm not going to rush to settle and then be miserable. I'm not um, expecting the person yeah. to be perfect because I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. But this hype is just, oh, you know, where's your husband? Where's the children? For what? Like, y'all don't understand. Like, at the end of the day, I personally feel as a, as a woman, even if my partner is super supportive, I, as a woman, once I give birth, I still lose so much of more of myself than the man does when I give birth. I will have to put all my time and energy into that child because when I'm breastfeeding, that child needs my emotional support. My ch- That baby is clinging on to me for dear life, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what people fail to realize. Like, you give up so much yourself as a woman to give birth and nour- nourish that child and give that child life and make sure they live for that first year because that first year is the most scary 
scariest year because mm-hmm. of SIDS, if, mm-hmm. if people are not aware. So a child can die suddenly that first year, the first year of life. So it's all that. And I'm not saying men don't have to worry about that when they have a child because they do too. But I feel like it's more ingrained with the woman because it's like you automatically connect to your child. The moment you know what you're having or you are mm-hmm. pregnant, that child knows your heartbeat. And that's the craziest thing. Your baby knows your heartbeat. So it's like, I don't want to have a kid just say, hey, y'all, I'm pregnant, mm-hmm. baby shower, I'm about to have a baby. No, I want to be... The in best a healthy relationship, healthy relationship, an individual I can be. Because some, mm-hmm. you can be having a kid with your partner. Your partner is an amazing person, but you individually are still toxic. You still have a lot of shit you need. You're passing your, that through your baby exactly. while pregnant. Exactly. People fail to realize the energy. That's why doctors say, "Don't stress yourself out. Don't do this. Don't do that." Because whatever mm-hmm. you're feeling, your baby feels it. Mm-hmm. When you're stressed, your baby will exert that stress as well. So that's why I'm like. I'm very big on, I need to make sure my body's capable. I'm physically, mentally ready to handle that because children take energy, okay? Mm-hmm. And I enjoy, like, that's why the minute when the pandemic, pandemic started last year and there was memes going around and some people were saying, like, oh, those with kids, how how's it going with y'all being home with your kids? I kind of chuckled at that because it's like, it felt good just to roll out of bed because when I felt getting out of bed, and eating when I want to. I didn't have to worry about feeding someone else. Yes. You know what I mean? Or someone telling me, I'm hungry, mom. Mommy, I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. No. <clears throat> when my stomach said, it's time to eat, that's when I got up <laughs> and eat. I didn't have to worry about a minor yeah. saying, I'm hungry for yeah. me to feed them. I want to add um, about the whole expectations of a woman before she turns a certain age. I spent a lot of time with my mom during the pandemic and... I would always just watch her. I'm just, like, staring at her. Because she's a very mysterious woman. She's very quiet. She just kind of does her own thing. She has a routine. Like, she has a she has a consistent routine. Mm-hmm. And it's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> but I, I... When I was... There was a time where I was just looking at her. Like, and she didn't realize I was paying attention to her. She thought I was, like, on my laptop. And I just felt bad. Because I'm like, yo, this woman did not live her fucking life. Mm-hmm. She was removed from school very early. I'm talking about before she finished first grade. Mm-hmm. So she could help her parents raise her siblings uh, on a farm. She was getting up early, making sure everybody had breakfast. All of this stuff. She is a child. A child. And from then on, she never went back to school after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and all she knows is how to take care of people. Mm-hmm. That's literally all she knows. To the point where she doesn't know what the fuck to do with herself now. I'm the same way. Like, and I out. felt like, damn woman, you haven't traveled the world. You haven't experienced, like, being a teenager, fucking up in your 20s. Like, I felt, like, so sad for my mom. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, I want to give her these experiences. But she's physically, her health is just not capable of her to travel, right? For that long, yeah. Yeah, so... Peggy mentioned very early in the podcast that I, for my mom's birthday, I did her home room over because the pandemic was stressful for everybody. Mm-hmm. And her um, her way of kind of like enjoying herself a little bit was sitting outside because like my niece kind of like decked out the backyard or whatever. So my mom would just love to just sit outside and like have her little fruit and like sit with my nephew. My nephew is her best fucking friend. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, them two are like two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. So she would sit outside, and then when it started getting colder, she could no longer do that. And I was like, damn, like her room is just so bland. It's so boring. It's like it doesn't have any life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, for her birthday, this is what I'm gonna do. Uh, I wanted her to travel and go back to Cape Verde and see my brother and see my family and see family, but I didn't get it. Obviously, she couldn't do it and the pandemic, whatever. So I did her room over. But I always tell myself I do not want to be that person. Mm-hmm. 
because she did not since child i'm talking like six seven maybe even eight years old she all she knew was how to take care of people and yeah and that's the thing like like our parents come from like these small countries Cape Verde is pretty much an island. It's surrounded yeah. by water, so I'm going to call it what it is. It's it a country that is an island. And Haiti, too, like, a lot of our older parents, even grandparents, they didn't get a full, complete education. Like, mm-hmm. their education got cut short. Elementary or middle because school, they had, to they, had to, they had to start becoming adults, working and getting up early in the morning to cook, make sure everyone ate. And, you know, coming here, they realized, okay, it's not the same here in America where I have to get up so early in the morning. So America moves a little differently than back home. So I always told myself, obviously, the goal is when your parents have you, they don't want you to do the same things that they did. Yeah. So the same goal with me. I don't want my kid to I mean, compared to my parents' lifestyle, it's obviously 10 times better than how they grew up, of course. But there's things that I'm fucked up at and things I didn't necessarily agree with how I grew up or whatever as a child where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to like have my kid deal with that, obviously, Mm -hmm. and go through that. I want their lives to be better, but I also want them to grow up understanding that, yeah, your livelihood may be 10 times better than mine because... I've had the opportunity to have a full, complete yeah. education. I know better, so I'm going to yeah. give those skills and um, things that I've learned, tools that I've learned to give to you. Yeah. But I also want you to understand the value of the dollar, respecting others, yeah. no matter what position they are yes. in life, not to look down on people. And that's another thing, too. Um, you know, there's things maybe I didn't fully understand as a child, even as a teenager, I might have looked down upon. But as an adult, I realized, like, okay, no matter what someone does for a job, never look down on them yeah I, i've learned to respect Hell that no. and honestly and i don't know if that has a lot to do with our family and like mm-hmm. my mom she was uh in the cleaning industry she used to mm-hmm. work at the gillette headquarters and she used to clean and she did it for years mm-hmm. um but it afforded her to do part-time only so that she can be there for her her kids she was so my aunts and my mom made like they had like a little deal set up like i don't know if it was purposely done this way but they had it this way anyways um two three of my aunts would work in the daytime and my mom would work the second shift part time Mm -hmm. so my mom was responsible again doing everything for everybody um making sure the house was clean that when all the kids and i'm talking all nine of us would get home we had food to eat and then right before she go to work she would sit at the table with her sisters they would have their coffee they would talk about their day and then she would go to work so and then my aunts would then take care of the nine kids Mm -hmm. um but at the time when we were growing up she could do that Mm -hmm. at this time right now if she had kids there's no fucking way she's taking care of five kids on a part-time, on a part-time, like, no, it's, it's not happening. And the way the society is today, I realize, yo, us 80s babies, I can only speak of 80s babies because that's the time era, era we were born in. And maybe early 90s babies, like, we had it good with the time frame that we were growing up, the exception yeah. of how we were raised, exception of this other things that obviously now we grow up, we realize, ooh, that was definitely not good for us to be mm-hmm. experiencing those things. But in a sense, because, so with my parents, um, my mom would work the morning. I'm trying to remember because my memory's kind of foggy. Between the two parents, one of them was working in the morning and make sure I got to school. I was attending Catholic school at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then when I got home, I'd probably be home by myself for like two or three hours. And then, my matter of fact, my dad would be home by four o'clock. So he would take care of me, make sure my homework's done. I ate dinner. I took a bath and I was in bed by 8, 8.30. Yes, I had a bedtime. A lot of you guys need to put your kids on bedtime. <laughs> so yeah. 
bedtime was the thing as i got older the bedtime got extended and then once i got to middle school high school my parents like figured they said you know you're old enough to understand you need to go to bed at a certain time so you can get up for school we're not gonna force you to go to bed at a certain Mm -hmm. time but yeah like right now in this society how everything's fast paced and then it's like the cost of living is going up the cost to live and afford food just the basic necessities going up but my minimum wage is still low like that's why i'm saying still in the 80s like still like and that's what a lot of our parents my mom don't understand she's like i don't understand how you guys are not saving because i was struggling with my savings at one point and she was just like jessica i just don't understand and i was like this li- you can't understand because the cost of living is going up and you see it like rent is not $800 anymore for yeah. a five bedroom <clears throat> it's I don't even want to know what a five bedroom apartment would look like right now like, you guys will buy a house at that, at that point at that point you just need to buy a house and when I told her how much I was paying rent and she was beyond herself and she was like <laughs> how the f- like how and then she started calculating food bills like utilities and all that she's like Jessica how do you do this and I was like what's sad is like our salaries are not going up I mean granted I'm in a good space I guess to to maintain this life Mm -hmm. but it's not gonna sustain Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna need more money eventually because as you as you mentioned cost of living is going up and our pay isn't yeah just especially with like with the pandemic like a lot of foods are costing more because remember things got shut down completely so things probably went spoiled they couldn't sell so businesses and companies trying to make up for that loss like mm-hmm. we see how the airlines are trying to make their money back in blood like yeah. you, you, <laughs> blood. You, a base a, a simple ticket where i don't want to pay extra for all this stuff you calling it basic economy that's yes. when we get into classism and all that other shit it's like basic economy like damn you're like trying to you make basic feel, you like, might as well jump on the spirit at this point <laughs> they're about to put spirit on the map because i just seen my friend booked a flight for her mom and there's like different tiers right there's a tier where you can't even bring on a carry-on and it's still mad expensive it's like it's like pre-covid prices Mm -hmm. yeah they're doing all this crazy shit now so it's like when older folks trying to say like i don't get you generation people like look when you were growing up in the 50s you weren't paying all these fees, one, for college. You just paid for tuition. Your tuition is probably $300. Books mm-hmm. wasn't even an issue. A house, you can buy a house for, like, less than 10 Gs. Mm-hmm. Buying a car was probably, like, $1,000, if not less. A gallon of milk was probably... 25 cents. 25 cents. Eggs, you can get for 10 cents. Don't come for me, because when I go to the supermarket, even to get organic eggs, that's damn near $5 for yes. a dozen eggs. Yep. So don't come for me for that. So I do understand when people say, oh, my God, things are so, so expensive, and I keep telling my mom... Things are going to be more expensive. It's going to happen. One, COVID just exacerbated a lot of things for us, especially people who are already at the poverty line. It's going to make it worse. So it's like, for my 30s, I've realized that I have an better standing of humanity mm-hmm. and humans in a sense. That's why when some humans are doing fucked up shit to people, I'm like, I don't understand why yeah. you guys think this is fucking okay when it's not. But like, I love my 30s. What I'll say is I'm having more fun in my 30s than I did in my 20s because I spent my 20s worrying about what I was supposed to be doing for my 30s. And wasting your time. Wasting my time. Ain't shit, niggas. (laughs) Spending money. I was spending money. I mean, I still spend money the same way, but I have a better understanding. I was spending money like I was a whole drug dealer. Like, I can sell a whole quarter brick, you know? (laughs) Don't ask me how I know those calculations. (laughs) I can sell a whole kilo real quick. I don't have that. I don't make that type of money, but yeah, I was spending it like it was nothing right and i still spend it in the same sense but i have a better understanding now i know all my like honestly 
this year I paid off all my credit cards. So now if I use one, I use it in rotation. I'll use one this this month, like do simple things, like put mm-hmm. gas, groceries, then I pay it off. I put it away. Then I use the other one. Do the, do the same thing, rotation, pay it off, put it away. Because, you know, after a while, if you don't use it at all, they might close it. And then mm-hmm. when you get a closed account, it fucks up your credit. Yeah. So. Um, Maybe we'll have a, an episode where we talk about financial literacy. Yeah, we should. Um, I know we've dived into a lot because it's just... There's a lot, like, there's a lot With your about your 30s that you just, you can't keep in one episode. So we may have a second piece to this, but I also wanted to, so I don't know if we spoke only on negatives, um, but I want to say in my 30s, um, the level of confidence that I have, the, the life experiences that are invaluable, um, that I now get to bring into my 30s and apply it, um, I think... My 30s is way fucking better than in my 20s. Yes, I also... And I've said that. I've said this plenty of times. I told people... I even told my students, like... Some of them have asked me questions. I'm like, in your 30s, you'll have way more fun. Because when you have... Usually by your 30s, not always, you have a little bit of... Way better understanding than you did in your 20s. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, y'all... you got. I said... With this generation coming up and the few generations I've had so far that have graduated from me, um, they've been exposed to social media pretty much all their life. We, most of us, us 80s babies, we got our exposure in our early 20s. So we went a good chunk of our life just, you know, hanging around, being outside and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And this generation, these are kids who are, once they're born, like four months in, they already have a a phone scrolling through YouTube. You know, we didn't have that. So... I like the fact that we are the generation that grew up without too much that technology. That was integrated into every little thing. Every like, little thing. Change. And then eventually we get accustomed to uh, the whole technology thing. Um, but with my 30s, like, I've realized now being able to speak up a little bit more and holding people accountable mm-hmm. and learning. Like you said, like, I still, this is what I still, that hinders me sometimes and I'm still working on it speak i do speak out but there's certain things i do not speak out because i don't want to deal with not the backlash Mm -hmm. it's that person's reaction like so you learn to pick and choose what battles are necessary yes like in your 20s you was probably problematic as fuck you was addressing all the issues when it wasn't even an issue but in your 30s you can kind of like sit back like all right is my time worth addressing this is, mm-hmm. is is it worth me even investing in this conversation and you you now have the tools that you've learned in your 20s and you can do that in your 30s now like you can pick and choose what to address what not to address um and have healthier conversations i think i have healthier conversations with people when there's an issue um now than i did in my 20s because 20s was like we fighting like let's go <laughs> like <laughs> was good and my 30s even though sometimes it can get a little heated Mm -hmm. we both know we're just trying to come to an understanding i'm trying to express my feelings you are doing that in return and we're trying to get to a common understanding 20s if somebody addressed that to you you ready to fight i know i was you still got people who haven't grown up in their 30s they're still having that mentality they're ready to fight and some people probably never grow out of it Mm -hmm. but what i also want to know added adding on to the um plus that part of being 30 is like I've, I've been traveling more and that's one thing I told myself mm-hmm. right when I graduated from college I told my parents off it like whenever I get extra income I'm traveling like I did a little bit of traveling here and there while I was in college like I went to Atlantic City I went to DC for 
more domestic like i went to you know obama's first inauguration because honestly at that time i didn't know if he was gonna win a second term i didn't know if i was ever gonna see a chance to see another Mm -hmm. you know black man i am well aware he's biracial but black man that to be president you know who would have thought so went there the first time you know been to florida multiple times been to dc multiple times been to new york multiple times but then as i got older you know, me and you went to Mexico in 2019. Yeah. We're, me and my other girl was trying to do Jamaica, but COVID fucked that up. Yeah. Um, but more recently, um, I've been to Jamaica. Always go to Haiti because that's where my family's from. But traveling more and not just to travel to go to the clubs. And then that's what you do, that, then so be it. To each their own. Mm-hmm. I, I live and let others live. But I like to travel other countries. One, like I said, to, to learn tours, the learn the culture. If you're, and that's really what helps you be more tolerant of other people. Because a lot of people, when I see their ignorant comments on social media, you haven't you been to that cultured. country. You're not cultured. You're only speaking on these people based off what you see on the media. You haven't yeah. known what these people are actually like. Not the resort yeah. aspect, the other side of that particular yeah. country or island that you're visiting right um another thing i want to add too is your circle of friends do change like you by your 30s you realize i need more sustainable friends one that will tell me about myself if i'm fucking up and critique me to help build me up not jealous and envious of what i'm doing not realizing like girl i was doing this all on my own before you came to the picture right Mm -hmm. um having friends from 10 20 plus years yes that's good but you can also meet someone on later on in life that is adding value because i mean we had a stage where we say we kept saying no new friends right Mm -hmm. but that's bullshit i've gained a few other added on um friends whether it's from business aspect or one one or two colleagues from work that i'm like okay these are people i don't mind inviting to something that i have at my house um so the whole concept, oh, the friends that you have from elementary school, middle school, those are the only friends you're going to have for the rest no. of That's complete BS. That's not how you're going to grow. That's either. not how you grow because you're going to meet people in every stage of your fucking life. So the friends I have now, I've been very fortunate and blessed to have friends of over 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. I do have friends that I've known for two, three years, and that's fine. And I'm not comparing the two. Like, oh, I've known Jessica for 20 plus years, so I'm going to hold more weight against the other no, person no because every person brings value to my life and adds something to it so your circle of friends will change who knows and it's okay and it's perfectly and fine you're gonna lose i mean I, like even though you said change i want to elaborate and say mm-hmm. there's gonna be some that you have to let go of yep because now the the your common common i guess goal not goals like common, common denominator, denominator that kept yes. you being friends exactly. with that person no longer there um it's no longer there and it's okay it really does suck when you lose a friend that you like thought was gonna be a forever thing like mm-hmm. i think it's worse than breaking up with somebody yeah um because the relationship with your friends is far different than when you date. with a significant other yeah, <clears throat> yeah. and then in certain stages of your life like when you start elevating Sometimes that person's not meant to continue that next level in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes, like Jessica mentioned, it's going to hurt because you're like, yo, you think when you watch the Golden Girls, you're like, you want to get that old yeah. and live that stage. Like, yo, you remember when we used to do this? Like, hopefully Shit, our memory. Tolerant of each other. Sometimes. You know, hopefully our memory's still yeah. there. Well into our seventies and eighties, you want that, but life happens. Not everyone's meant to be along for the whole fucking ride. Yeah, we all know. We see that sometimes now. Sometimes they can they can stunt your growth. Exactly. The, yeah. the person that you claim to be your significant other and your friends even family can stunt your growth mm-hmm. so, so that's another that's a whole another fucking episode let me tell you family <laughs> Ooh, child. Ooh, child. and I love my family and then I've realized more now in my 30s it's like 
being hold, held accountable for like my mistakes that I've done. Mm-hmm. Even well, in my therapy, we're still gonna make mistakes. Being held accountable and holding people accountable for their mistakes, like letting them know, like, oh, you are constantly. I realize you was constantly doing this for years, but I know better and realizing that you know this is not okay. Now, if that person don't want to be held accountable, they don't want to realize they're wrong. So be it. You just move accordingly with that person, but let people know when they're fucking up, where they done you harm whether physically, emotionally, whatever, let them know that, hold them accountable yeah. to their shit. And I know people, uh, uh, recently a lot of people have been using this word accountability a lot. You know, <laughs> you know, we take a word and we run with it. Now. Very cliche, but no, like some people are not held accountable for the shit that they do. And then they move on with life like, hmm, okay, moving yeah. on. No, like. And then they just bring that lack of accountability into the next relationship mm-hmm. and then that field. And they're just like, just end the cycle. Yeah, exactly. So. They're not changing themselves. They're just changing their environment. And exactly. No, we don't do that here. Yep. So, like, next month, like I said, I'll be 35. So, I'll be at the halfway point of being 35. No, halfway point of being my 30s. And honestly, when I was 25, I had, like, this shock of, yeah, oh, my God, like, I'm going to be 30. Oh honestly, I don't care about the shock of being 40. No. At all. Me. It's just, like, I, the only thing I'm thinking about is, like, bro, after 40, if I don't have kids by then, I ain't fucking having them. Yeah. I'll just be the rich fucking auntie <laughs> and godmother that the kids can come to me for money. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, yeah. I'm not stressing. I'm not going to force yeah. anyone to have you're kids gonna try, you're, you're probably. I find you, you're probably going to evaluate why that didn't happen and what your purpose is going forward. I know that was that was for me. Oprah ain't got no fucking kids. And she living the, her best life. Like uh, not married with no babies. You know? Um, so I'm like I, I'm I'm really enjoying my thirties. There's still more to come, Lord mm-hmm. willing. I live to see another day, another year. Um all this craziness going on in the world. But for those of you if you're in your twenties or eighteen and you're having low panic attacks. Having panic attacks, do not worry about your thirties. Just try to set yourself up to be prepared in the sense, but not giving yourself anxiety. Be like, you're supposed to do this by 31 or yeah. 32. No, none of it. Because even the things that I have planned for myself that I said I was supposed to do by a certain age, like, I'm, I laugh at it now because I'm like, <laughs> I was nowhere near that shit at all. I wasn't even, like, trying to make... I wasn't even putting things in place to make sure that I get there before 30. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that before I get 30. Before I turn 30. And then I'm like 29. I'm like, but you didn't do not one thing to set this up. Because mm-hmm. you was having you was having your best life. You yeah, was living so your best life. Use your 20s to make mistakes. Like, mistakes that happen on the fly. Not the conscientious effort that you make to be like, fuck it, I don't care. And then get pissed off when you're 40 and still paying for the mistakes mm-hmm. you made at 23. Enjoy your 20s. Yes, prepare. But enjoy your twenties, make mistakes, have fun. If you if you're still in college, switch your major if you have to. And even in your thirties, I mean, I've been told. You remember when we went to your um, boy's little um, Shane Day? He did for his wife last year, and I think her mom was telling us like she likes our generation. Oh yeah, she likes our generation because we're the generation that literally we will not stay in a job just because it's like oh this is the end all be all and we wait we deal with the bullshit until we retire like i'm happy because we are that generation that be like fuck that job like you're not paying me accordingly and i'm dealing with all types of bullshit you think i'm about to stay like i don't care if i've been a teacher for 10 20 plus years if i feel in my mind i no longer can produce and be my best self as a teacher educated for my students i will gladly step away from that 
because I don't think it's right for me to be educating if my mind is not in the right space. And yeah. if your mind's if not I'm in the right space, if I'm now there just for a paycheck, and just not. for a paycheck, yeah. And I get it. Bills do have to be paid, right? But if you're in a career space or a job, whatever, that's not making you happy, before you quit, of course, make sure you find something better because mm-hmm. bills will still continue. But please be on that fuck that job because trust and believe the <laughs> moment something job. happens to you god forbid they're gonna probably send their condolences Bro, yeah. if that and then they move on to the next mm-hmm. person they're putting that they, they're putting that job um the job ad out ASAP. description asap like this position needs to be filled within the next week or two yeah. like they're not wasting any time so i've realized in my 30s like i'm not stressing myself out for nobody or no job like mm-hmm. Okay, this can't be done today. I'll do it tomorrow. But you're not finna stress me because God forbid something happens to me. You ain't worried about me. You're gonna move on to find another teacher to replace me. So, I that's what I enjoy now. I feel like our generation is like we're not gonna settle. We're gonna go to the next job. We're gonna go to the next job because that's how we were brought up. Like go to school, get a job, retire. That mm-hmm. was it, right? Yeah. We're slowly learning that we don't have to stick to one job, and so we give a few years. And if the shit stunts our growth, we go to the next job. This generation underneath us is like, fuck a job. Let me become an entity. I'm doing multiple businesses. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I am not working for nobody. And I'm here for it. All of it. All of it. As much as, like, this generation is wild crazy. (laughs) And I'd be like, I don't know how, like, what was the thought process in that? I'm so, like, excited to see all of them just, like, Instead of working a nine to five and being miserable and making somebody else money, while I get the little crumbs mm-hmm. in my salary, I'm going to just create my own shit. And that's dope. I love it. So, I mean, obviously we didn't get to hit all the points of being 30. I mean, we're still kind of halfway in the beginning stages of our 30s. Oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Before I hit us with the um, business shout out of the week, I did have someone... Um, hit up our DMs and as I said in the last podcast like and Jessica said I was in my feelings I really want people to interact um, and send us messages especially when we post that we want to know what you guys think about a particular topic please share Um, we appreciate again the feedback but we want to know how you guys feel about a particular topic we won't share your names we'll just share it so I had a listener um, which they already revealed that they enjoyed our business, small business customer service episode. Um, so they, she wanted to give her experience in the 30s club. So the 30s club expectations versus reality is good. From a woman's perspective, I feel like the 30s is when I had my live, midlife crisis. I thought my 30s meant my life was going to be mad, was going to magically change. I was going to have my dream career, my life partner, dream home, and have started my family. Instead, I questioned all of the above. I was searching for my life purpose, questioning my choice in men, purchased my starter home, but not my dream home, and decided that kids were too big of a commitment and responsibility. My reality had me thinking I was a failure. I thought I was the only one until I started to let my guard down and engage in discussion with friends about my journey. I found out I wasn't the only one and started to embrace my journey. At the end of the day, 30s is the new 20s. So, mm-hmm. yes, I totally agree with this listener because I really thought, like like she mentioned, have my dream home, married, have children. But then you realize, and then when you start looking at other people like, oh, you're going to, I don't know how many baby showers I've been to. I've been, through, been to a lot of baby showers. And then I start questioning myself, like, 
what am I doing wrong that I, I'm not pregnant yet and I'm happy I don't have a child yet because the, the way I'm moving right now I wouldn't be able to move the way I want to move no. with kids and that's what people fail to realize kids are not like cats you can leave in the house all damn day <laughs> I like to leave like they're more like dogs <laughs> like you really you can't leave a dog alone for too long right so with especially then that's the same with children there was, a, there was a meme that I read that said plants are the new pets <laughs> Um, pets are the new kids and kids are for people who are absolutely batshit crazy and have an absurd amount of money. Yes. I agree. They're extinct animals. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're becoming extinct. <laughs> it's just not in anybody's um, plan anymore. Um, I don't and know. some people are having kids later on in life. Yeah. You know, to each their own. Like, me personally. Because they've I'm, suffered what it was like to not have financial stability. Exactly. Or they suffered when the parent is not mentally and emotionally healthy. And so they're trying to make sure that, that they're not repeating those same mistakes. Uh, mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm, I'm happy because then these kids can come out. This generation that's coming up and people are having kids can have... Um, a better start to their life mm-hmm. and not have to go through trauma. Even though my best friend will tell you, trauma ain't never hurt nobody. <laughs> Bitch, it kill- almost killed us. Okay? Lord. So, yes. Yeah, so, I almost forgot to mention that piece. So I wanted to make sure that the person that took their time to DM us, um, their perspective of that, um, I wanted to make sure we read that. So, um, and we also want to get male perspective as well because there's things that men go through we can't really speak on it too no. much because we're not men so I just like I don't expect a man to speak on my experience as a woman I don't no, expect no. a man to expect me to speak on his experience because what men go through and what we go through is totally different totally things different. and I get it when we talk about the whole black diaspora yeah. we, we all understand what we're going through but when it comes to the sexes it's going to be different right no. so we definitely want men to get um get in on this and when we post like our topics we want men to express their perspectives as well um you want to ask she mentioned also that when she started talking more about her disappointment what she was feeling at the time she realized she wasn't alone and that's one thing that i learned in my 30s stop holding on to things out of embarrassment because then you just it's just festering and it's just like fermenting inside of you mm-hmm. and you you will soon realize once you start sharing that you're literally one in a million yep going through the same thing mm-hmm. and then it once you realize that it kind of makes you feel a little better like okay i'm not crazy i'm not you know i'm not the only one feeling this way and then you have a support system then you have a more clear um vision of how things are going to go like people can give you feedback on what they did to, to change that or mm-hmm. whatever um, that they're going through that's similar to yours. I think um, I used to always hold in whenever I felt like a, dis- a, a level of disappointment and then it just it just festered into other things in life and it and I was like not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I started talking more to people that I trust, uh, I realized this is I'm like one in a million. And once you get through that, when you start talking more, um, that level of embarrassment, that level of shame or whatever you're feeling is no longer. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, as you were saying. Yeah, so I just wanted to throw that in there. So, um, brain fart. So, yeah, I'm just going to throw in this week's business shout out. Um, business shout out. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> 
So this week we're shouting out at High Honors Company. Well, no, Collective. Um, the IG is at High Honors Co. Um, and the website is www.highhonorscollective.com. It's um, retail therapy for women, um, statement pieces, um, statement pieces, clothing wise. Um, so definitely check her out um, if you haven't shopped there. But if for those of you who may have shopped there, um, definitely check her out. Check out the pieces. You might find something you like. We will tag her in the post. Yes, we will. IG post. Yep. We're now on Facebook, too. So if you have Facebook and you don't have IG, you can always follow us on there, too. Yes, exactly. So, quote. And we're going to end this podcast episode with a quick quote. Um, and the quote is, I'm not getting older. I'm just becoming a classic. And that fits perfectly with the whole 30s thing because people dread 30s but, thinking like oh my god the world's over like no you're actually getting better looking yeah, better you're looking better feeling better um, just in a better space yes. really I mean granted there are going to be challenges in your 30s but yep. they're not going to be as severe <laughs> and traumatizing as it was in your 20s mm-hmm. so peace everyone thanks for listening y'all